Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 85. You are now approximately one third of the way through the Bible. Congratulations for making it this far already. Today we are going to be looking at the story, a famous story of David killing Goliath the giant, as well as looking at uh, a miraculous escape from prison by Peter. I think the theme that runs through all of this is the fact that these are things only truly God can do. And we'll see how David gives credit and Peter too to the work of God in their lives. 1 Samuel 17. The Philistines gathered their troops for battle. They assembled at Sukkah and Judah. They camped at Ephes Damim between Sukkah and Askelah. Saul and the Israelite army assembled and camped in the valley of Elah, where they arranged their battle lines to fight the Philistines. The Philistines were standing on one hill and the Israelites on another hill, with a valley between them. Then a champion came out from the camp of the Philistines. His name was Goliath. He was from Gath. He was close to seven feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was wearing scale body armor. The weight of his bronze body armor was 5,000 shekels. He had bronze shin guards on his legs and a bronze javelin was slung over his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the iron point of his spear weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer was walking before him. Goliath stood and called out to Israelites troops saying, Why do you come out to prepare for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose for yourselves a man so he may come out to uh, come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and strike me down, he will become, we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and strike him down, you'll become our servants and will serve us. Then the Philistine said, I defy Israel's troops this day. Give me a man so we can fight each other. When Saul and all the Israelites heard these words of the Philistine, they were upset and very afraid. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse from Bethlehem in Judah. He had eight sons, and in Saul's days he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The names of the three sons who, were to, who went to war were Eliab, his firstborn, Abinadab, the second, born, second oldest, and Shammah, the third oldest. Now David was the youngest. While the three oldest sons followed Saul, David was going back and forth from Saul in order to care for his father's sheep in Bethlehem. Meanwhile, for 40 days, the Philistine approached every morning and evening and took his position. Jesse said to his son David, Take your brothers this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread. Go quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten portions of cheese for their commanding officer. Find out how your brothers are doing and bring back their pledge that they are received the goods. They are with Saul and the whole army, Israelite army in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning and entrusted the flock to someone else who would watch over it. After loading up, he went just as Jesse had instructed him. He arrived at the camp as the army was going out to the battle line, shouting its battle cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up their battle lines opposite one another. After David had entrusted his cargo to the care of the supply officer, he ran to the battlefront. When he arrived, he asked his brothers how they were doing. 
As he was speaking with them, the champion named Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, was coming up from the battle lines of the Philistines. He spoke the way he usually did, and David heard it. When all the men of Israel saw this man, they retreated from his presence and were very afraid. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who is coming up? He does so to defy Israel. But the king will make the man who can strike him down very wealthy. He will give him his daughter in marriage, and he will make his father's house exempt from tax obligations in Israel. David asked the men who were standing near him, What will be done for the man who strikes down this Philistine and frees Israel from this humiliation? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God? The soldiers told him what had been promised, saying, This is what will be done for the man who can strike him down. When David's oldest brother Eliab heard him speaking to the men, he became angry with David and said, Why have you come down here? To whom did you entrust these few sheep in the wilderness? I am familiar with your pride and deceit. You have come down here to watch the battle. David replied, What have I done now? Can't I say anything? Then he turned from those who then he turned from those who were nearby to someone else and asked the same question, but they gave him the answer as before. When David's words were overheard and reported to Saul, he called for him. David said to Saul, Don't let anyone be discouraged. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied to David, You aren't able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're just a boy. He has been a warrior from his youth. David replied to Saul, Your servant has been a shepherd for his father's flock. Whenever a lion or bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock, I would go after it, strike it down, and rescue the sheep from its mouth. If it rose up against me, I would grab it by its jaw, strike it, and kill it. Your servant has struck down both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. David went on to say, The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will also deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his own fighting attire and put a bronze helmet on his head. He also put body armor on him. David strapped that on his sword over his fighting attire and tried to walk around, but he was not used to them. David said to Saul, I can't walk around in these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. He took his staff in his hand, picked up five smooth stones from the stream, placed them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, took his sling in hand, and approached the Philistine. The Philistine with his shield bearer walking in front of them kept coming closer to David. When the Philistine looked carefully at David, he despised him, for he was only a, a ruddy and handsome boy. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you are coming after me with sticks? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come here to me, so I can give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the field. But David replied to the Philistine, saying, You are coming against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I am coming against you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel's armies, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head. This day I will give the corpses of the Philistine army to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the land. Then all the land will realize that the Israel has a God, and all this assembly will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will deliver you into our hand. The Philistine grew steadily closer to David to attack him, while David quickly ran toward the battle line to attack the Philistine. David reached his hand into the bag and took out a stone. He slung it, striking the Philistine on the forehead. 
The stones sank deeply into his forehead, and he fell down with his face to the ground. David prevailed over the Philistine with just the sling and the stone. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David did not even have a sword in his hand. David ran and stood over the Philistine. He grabbed Goliath's sword, drew it from its sheath, and after killing him, cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they ran away. Then the men of Israel and Judah charged forward, shouting a battle cry. They chased the Philistines to the valley and to the very gates of Ekron. The Philistine corpses lay fallen along the Sharim road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from their hot pursuit of the Philistines, they looted their camp. David took the head of, Phil- of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put Goliath's weapons in his tent. Now as Saul watched David going out to fight the Philistines, he asked Abner, the general in command of the army, Whose son is that young man, Abner? Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I do not know. The king said, Find out whose son this boy is. So when David returned from striking down the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. He still had the head of the Philistine in his hand. Saul said, Whose son are you, young man? David replied, I am the son of your servant Jesse in Bethlehem. And so there we have it, this uh, amazing story of David killing the giant Goliath, probably at least two feet uh, taller than David was. On average, people were about five feet tall that day. And David tells them, though, that it's not him who won the battle, but it was the Lord working through him, that it was God who made this victory possible. And now we turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 2, and we see more of the genealogy that actually leads eventually to this same David. Chronicles, what? 1 Chronicles 2. These were the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, and Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. These three were born to him by Bathshua, a Canaanite woman. Ur, Judah's firstborn, displeased the Lord, so the Lord killed him. Tamar, Judah's daughter-in-law, bore to him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons in all. The sons of Perez, Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Kalkot, Dara, five in all. The son of Carmi, Achan, who brought the disaster on Israel when he stole what was devoted to God. The son of Ethan, Azariah. The sons born to Hezron, Jeremiel, Ram, and Caleb. Ram was the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, the chief, tribal chief of Judah. Nashon was the father of Zalma, and Zalma was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed, and Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of Eliab, his firstborn, Abinadab, the secondborn, Shimei, third, Nathaniel, fourth, Radai, fifth, Ozim, sixth, and David, seventh. Their sisters were Zariah and Abigail. Zariah's three sons were Abishai, Joab, and Aziel. Abigail bore Amas- Amasa, whose father was Jether the Ishmaelite. Caleb, son of Hezron, fathered sons by his wife Azuba, also known as Jeroth. Her sons were Jezer, Shobab, and Arden. When Azub died, Caleb married Ephra and bore him Hur. Hur was the father of Uri, and Uri was the father of Bezalel. Later, Hezron slept with the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead. He had married her when he was sixty years old. She bore him Segub. Segub was the father of Jer, who owned twenty-three cities in the land of Gilead. Geshur and Aram captured the towns of Jer along with the Kenneth and its sixty surrounding towns. All these were descendants of Machir, the father of Gilead. After Hezron's death, 
Caleb slept with Ephrath, his father Hezron's widow, and she bore to him Asher, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiah, Hezron's firstborn, were Ram, the firstborn, Buna, Oren, Ozim, and Hijah. Jeremiel had another wife named Atara. She was Onam's mother. The sons of Ram, Jeremiel's firstborn, were Mez, Jamim, and Iker. The sons of Onam were Shammai and Jada. The sons of Shammai were Nadab and Abishur. Abishur's wife was Abihail, who bore him Aban and Zumolim. The sons of Nadab, Selab, and Abayim. Selad died without having sons. The son of Apiam, Ishi. The son of Ishi, Shanan. The son of Shanan, Alai. The sons of Jada, Shammai's brother, Chether and Jonathan. Chether died without having sons. The sons of Jonathan, Peleth and Zazad. These were the descendants of Jeremiel. Shushan had no sons, only daughters. Sheshem had an Egyptian servant named Jara. Sheshan gave his daughter to his servant Jara as his wife. She bore to him Atai. Atai was the father of Nathan, and Nathan was the father of Zebad. Zebad was the father of Aphlal, and Aphlal was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jehu, and Jehu was the father of Azariah. Azariah was the father of Helez, and Helez was the father of Elisa. Elisa was the father of Sismai, and Sismai was the father of Shalom. And Shalom was the father of Jechemiah, and Jechemiah was the father of Elishema. The sons of Caleb, Jeremiel's brother, his firstborn Mesha, the father of Ziph, and his second son, Marashesh, Marashah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron, Korah, Tapua, Rikam, and Shema. Shema was the father of Raham, the father of Jokiam, Jorkiam. Raham was the father of Shammai, and Shammai's son was Maon, who was the father of Bethsur. Caleb's concubine, Ephah, bore Haran, Moza, and Gezez. Haran was the father of Gezez. The sons of Jadai, Jahadai, Regam, Jotham, Gershon, Pelet, Ephalat, and Shaf. Shaf. Caleb's concubine, Makah, bore Sheber and Terhanana. She also bore in Shef, the father of Madmana, and Shiva, the father of Maccabim of Gibeah. Caleb's daughter was Akash. These were the descendants of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephra, Shabul, the father of kirath Jerem, Salma, the father of Bethlehem, and Harab, the father of beth Gader. The sons of Jobal, the father of kirath Jerem, was Heroth, half of the Menahathites, the clans of kirath Jerem, the Erthrites, the Puthites, the Shumathites, the Mishrites, the Sorathites, and Ashlites descended from these groups. The sons of Salma, Bethlehem, the Nephtahites, Atroth, Beth, Joab, half the Manathites, the Zorites, and the clans of the scribes who lived in Jabez, the Tirathites, Jimiathites, Zuchalites, and these are the Kenites who descended from Hamath, the father of Beth, Rechab. And we conclude today with Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod laid hands on some of the church to harm them. He had James, the brother of John, executed with a sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too. This took place during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, handing him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Herod planned to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but those in the church were earnestly praying to God for him. On that very night, before Herod was going to bring him out for trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the prison cell. He struck Peter on his side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly! And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. The angel said to him, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. Peter did so. 
Then the angel said to him, Put on your cloak and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realize what was happening through the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. After they had passed the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went outside and walked down one narrow street, when at once the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from the hand of Herod and from everything that the Jewish people were expecting to happen. When Peter realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many people had gathered together and were praying. When he knocked at the door of the outer gate, a servant girl named Rhoda answered. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she did not open the gate, but ran back and told him that Peter was standing at the gate. But they said to her, You've lost your mind. But she kept insisting that it was Peter, and they kept saying, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were greatly astonished. He motioned to them with his hand to be quiet, and then related how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, Tell James and the brothers these things. Then he left and went to another place. At daybreak, there was a great consternation among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. When Herod had had searched for him and did not find him, he questioned the guards and commanded that they be led away to execution. Then Herod went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod was having an angry quarrel with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they joined together and presented themselves before him. And after convincing Blastus, the king's personal assistant, to help them, they asked for peace because their country's food supply was provided by the king's country. On a day determined in advance, Herod put on his royal robes, sat down on the judgment seat, and made a speech to them. But the crowd began to shout, The voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck Herod down because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God kept on increasing and multiplying. So Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem when they had completed their mission, bringing along with them John Mark. So we see this miraculous escape from prison that God basically did. It's only something God could do. And Peter recognizing that and the disciples recognizing that give thanks to God. And it's a reminder to us that God is the one who does these things. He gets the credit. He gets the glory. And we need to turn to him and trust in him because he's the only one who can do these kinds of miraculous rescues in our lives. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.